episode 35. Today, I don't know how the show will go. Maybe it'll be a good one. Maybe it will be average. Maybe it will be the worst episode we've ever done. I just, I don't know. But we have to try anyway. Let me begin by showing you the two books I'm reading right now. This one just came in from the library. You won't be surprised. It's the next book in the My Struggle series by Carl of Nausgaard. This one's called A Man in Love. I'm not very far into it. I'm only 30 pages into it, um, but it's great, um, especially after how much I enjoyed the, the first one. Um, this one, now that I, you know, you get to know a, an author and their voice and their tone and all that. And um, so you understand them better after you've read a few books and you like them more. So, you know, in the beginning of the first one, this is what I'm trying to say. I was like, who is this guy? What am I, what am I getting into? What's this general thing about? Now I already know I'm signed up. It's great. And, uh, I'm very happy. So that's exciting. And I wanted to show you something. Um, so it's a library book and inside there's this little kind of like brass or like whatever metal. Um, it's, it's a bookmark that um, it's, a, it's an interesting little bookmark that someone left inside of the, the book here. And it, it's like a little arrow and um, you can put it right onto the line you left off at, which I thought was amazing. Usually I just use post-it notes. Um, where is it? Where are we here? I just use a post-it note. That's better. And then I try to just put it onto the line, but um, it's a little clunky. I like this cool, that cool thing. So I'm going to see if I can. Um, it's a nice gift from the person who read this book last. And I don't think they finished the book. Um, it was on like page 200 and something. And uh, unless they've read the whole rest of 300 pages and never need to clip the page again, who knows, who knows, but a lot, a lot to imagine um, where this book has been in the past. And it's big, it's, it's 500 pages, it's 523 pages, oh my God. The last one I think was under 400. Um, so it's gonna take time, I gotta get on this. And uh, maybe I'll have some time to read, read a bit today. So very excited about that. Additionally, I've been reading this other book. It's called The Expectant Father, The Ultimate Guide for Dads to Be. Fifth edition um, by Armin A. Brott and Jennifer Ash Rudick. Um, and I was basically, I was trying to find uh, a book about the birthing process. And this one came up on like a lot of lists on the internet. Most of the like best books for uh, upcoming dads. Uh, this was on the list pretty high up consistently. So I was like, okay, let's get that. Got it from the library. I read um, the first couple. It's divided into months. Um, and uh, so you're, I think you're meant to read it like each read the chapter that you're in each month or whatever. But I've, I read the first two chapters and then I kind of got bored because I'm like, I've already been through all this stuff. Great info. A lot of stuff I didn't know. But I need to get to like where we're at right now. So I read chapters eight and nine um, last week and and it was overwhelming for sure. But um, there was one one thing in specific 
where it's like sign up for a birthing class you dumbass so we did that and i think um you know we we got it a program through the uh the hospital where Miriam's going to deliver oh my god can you imagine <laughs> um so they'll, they'll you know it's like three hours a week for a month or something like that and they'll tell us some more info but um it's coming up and june 14th is her due date it's april 23rd one thing i learned from this book is that if she delivered the baby now and she could the baby would likely be fine it would be born prematurely but um its chances of survival and and good health are very high from this point onward so like we're basically here it's almost fucking may um i don't know it's it's a lot but um lot to be excited about and uh you know sometimes you get some incoming big big feelings so that's what i'm reading at the moment um and I'm, there's something very comforting about Nausgaard's books because he talks about um, kids a lot, having how is what it's like to raise kids. Um, so I think I even clipped a little section here. It was very brief, but I but this kind of I don't know. I just wanted to remember this part. Um, so Vanya, that's one of his kids. Vanya is a great many things, but above all, she is sensitive, and the fact that this attitude is already hardening, and it is, causes me concern. Seeing her grow up also changes my view of my own upbringing, not so much because of the quality, but the quantity, the sheer amount of time you spend with your children, which is immense. So many hours, so many days, such an infinite number of situations that crop up and are lived through. From my own childhood, I remember only a handful of incidents, all of which I regarded as momentous, but which I now understand were a few events among many, which completely expunges their meaning. For how can I know that those particular episodes that lodged themselves in my mind were decisive and not all the others of which I remember nothing? Um, and there's another one. Let me read one more paragraph just to give you a sense of um, this, um, of what, what his book's kind of, what it's like. For those who have never read uh, Nausgaard before. When I think of my three children, it is not only their distinctive faces that appear before me, but also the quite distinct feeling that they radiate. This feeling, which is constant, is what they are for me, and what they are has been present in them ever since the first day I saw them. At that time, they could barely do anything, and the little bit they could do, like sucking on a breast, raising their arms as reflex actions, looking at their surroundings, imitating they could all do that thus what they are has nothing to do with qualities has nothing to do with what they can or can't do but is more a kind of light that shines within them their character traits which slowly began to reveal themselves after only a few weeks have never changed either and so different are they inside each of them that is it is difficult to imagine the conditions we provide for them through our behavior and ways of being have any decisive significance um so i find that really cathartic to read it's like i read the this expectant father book this nonfiction instruction manual thing and i get super overwhelmed and, and it feels uh like a lot and everything feels all too real but then i can offset it with a bit of um a bit of nausgaard here and somehow that calms me down <laughs> um and uh it's a lot more fun and meaningful what do i mean by meaningful that's a that's a i think that's an odd choice but it's a lot more fun to read Nausgaard. um and it just makes me think of the way we categorize different books and what they are in their essence, as far as um, prose, you know, like this is actually Nausgaard's book 
is more of a memoir. It's not fiction, to my understanding. This is all just... It's not like... So they're both nonfiction books. But this one is written, as as you can tell, as just as prose. Whereas this Expectant Father book... Um, it's a very different genre, but it's also like a dad explaining to you what it's like to be a dad. Let me, I'm just going to pick a random, let's just see where I'm at right now. I want to read a, like, so here's the beginning of, um, the ninth month and it goes, the title is dear, it's time. And then there's these lists. It goes, what's going on with your partner? And it says physically. And it lists all this physical stuff, what's going on with your partner. And then it says emotionally, and it lists this whole list, lists this whole list. Yes, that's what I said. It lists a whole list <laughs> of, uh, of things, of the emotional stuff. What's going on with the baby is the next heading. What's going on with you? Confusion. Well, it's almost over. In just a few weeks, you're finally going to meet the child you've talked to and and dreamed about and whose college education you've planned but be prepared the last month of pregnancy is often the most confusing for expectant fathers at times you may be almost overcome with excitement and anticipation at other times you may be feeling so scared and trapped that you want to run away in short all the feelings good and bad that you've experienced over the last eight months are back sometimes at the same time and now because of the impending birth they're more intense than before here are a few of the contradictory emotional states you may find yourself going through as the pregnancy winds down. And then it goes into another list. Um, and it's kind of just like this series of lists. And then there's like these kind of side tangents of, um, it's like they, they do like this red box. It's almost like a weird footnote section thing. Um, and I don't think it's the best... Like, it's annoying to read all the lists and, like, the constant info dump on you. It's also, it's written in the second person. Whereas Nausgaard is written uh, in the first person. So, difference there. Um, in the way that that feels. But still, this is my point, is these are still ones like... They're both huge books. They've both sold millions of copies and they're both considered like masterfully written. One in more of the self-help genre. The other one in the literary genre, I guess, more or less. And, um, you know, very different feeling though. No, I wouldn't, con it's easy to say, oh, the Nausgaard's book is like better because it's like a, you know, cool literary book you know and it makes you feel smart and like you read novels and all of that great stuff it gets to like the deep truth of things but then again uh this expectant father book i think also it it is super important and i think uh it's probably benefit a lot of people who um don't really give a shit about reading deep novels um but you know i think it's good to good to kind of think of, about all these things and for me what works is reading them both in tandem because then i kind of feel like i get the whole that's that's what uh that's what i need a bit of both offset each other and kind of get this whole get the whole picture and that's what's so what's what can be so great about um uh living your life <laughs> is like you get to do awesome shit and uh <laughs> and you get to go to the library and pick as many books as you want i mean i think they have a cap at like 9.99 or something you can literally take out and you can read them all at the same time when i was a kid uh, and this was before I got diagnosed with uh, ADHD. Um, I used to, I remember, I have these memories of like reading before bed and, and we didn't have like, I don't even, I might've had a Game Boy. I don't even know if I had a Game Boy at that point. 
um, so like the, there's no TV in your room. Like there was one TV for the whole house, maybe two. And then there was no tablets or whatever screens. And, uh, and even if there was, I probably wouldn't have been allowed to watch them before bed. I don't know who knows how people do it. Um, but I would take a whole like five or six books off of my shelf and I'd read them all at the same time. I'd like look through one and then I'd pick up another book and I'd look through that and I'd ping pong all over the place reading them all. And I remember my mom would come and she's like, why are you reading all these books at once? Why don't you just read one? And I was like, I don't know. I, I'm a kid. I just, I didn't think about why I just did that. Um, so I don't know about, if, if it feels very much like sometimes when we have like a bunch of tabs open on, on our browser, the way we kind of use our phones, it's like that same behavior that I think is super exacerbated by, by the device. Right. But I still used to do that when I was a kid. I wonder if other people did something I've never like thought to talk about very much. Um, but I'd be curious to know, did you read more than one book at once? And do you allow yourself to read more than one book at once? Or do you have this idea that you should read one book at a time and focus? I don't think it's, I don't know where that idea comes from, but I think you can do whatever the fuck you want. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, on As far as the YouTube stuff is concerned, I've made a, a good video this week and I got Miriam to title it. Um, well, she helped me with titling. She she offered a... I kind of tweaked it a bit. And she was like, well, if you're just going to write it your way. <laughs> anyway, we had to, to kind of figure out a system. But it's uh, it got a lot more views than um, than usual. Because it the title of it made sense. Unlike the usual titles that I... Um, come up with, which are these weird abstract things that are impossible for people to, um, it's impossible for the most part for people to find them that way. So that was cool. I want to obviously keep uh, going down that path a bit and figuring, learning how to better title uh, these videos so that uh, more people can check them out. And, um, you know, that's, it's very fun. And, and also content wise, I feel like I'm starting to, um, it felt a lot more natural than, than they have been in the past. So we're in the, I think that was the 22nd or 23rd of those, um, those weekly videos I've been doing. And, um, it's starting to sort of make sense. It's just, I feel like I'm just starting to be like, okay, I think I'm understanding what I'm doing here. Um, but it takes time. But then again, I've only been doing that since the beginning of January. So January, February, March. Now we're at the almost at the end of April. So about four months of uh, of doing that pretty consistently. But I really feel like I've come a long way, and and um, I'm really happy about that. So I'll keep going with those videos. Uh, go take a look at that last one. I think um, for fans of the of the posts. Um, you'll see they're, they're similar. I think they're similar in that, um, in kind of the structure of it and, uh, and the content too, but, um, yeah, it's fun. I'm getting, I'm getting the hang of it and I, and I really enjoy doing that. Um, so go take a look. Let's get into the posts this week and see what happened. Let me say this before I read the first one that when I think about all of everything I wrote this week in the world of posts, it definitely feels really like low key. It feels really kind of calm and not insane. Um, but I've been also been doing a lot of writing in the mornings. Um, uh, so, you know, I think the other writing is, is maybe stealing all the, the, a lot of energy. Um, 
I don't know. Let's see. Let's find out. But just wanted to kind of record my uh, where I'm at at this moment. And then maybe at the end, after I read all six, I'm like, you thought that was chill, but they're, you know, I'd like to see the change in perspective. I think that's interesting to note. Um, why isn't, oh, excuse me, that was a loud W. My apologies. Why is it interesting to note? Um, here's here's what I want to explain is that when we our perception of our own work uh, is usually fucking wrong. You know, we're like, damn, this thing really, like, I struggled so much to write this, or it took me so much effort to do this this thing. Therefore, it's good. Therefore, it's bad. Or I think it's shit. But with a bit of time and a different perspective, when you look at at something, uh, it can be very different to separate kind of the reality of what you came up with versus um, your emotional state. So um, not that those two things aren't completely connected, but um, it's got to be patient i think then uh, that's kind of a learned skill um being patient with with your work and looking at it um through different kind of with a bit of breathing room with fresh eyes can can make a difference but not looking at it too much because that can really fuck you up i wanted to also note something that is kind of confusing when uh, I, I saw a movie review ever so briefly, just a couple sentences off the top, um, I was you know what it was? I was checking the, um, I wanted to know the Rotten Tomatoes score of uh, Bo is Afraid, the Joaquin Phoenix movie with that Ari Aster made. Uh, I was just curious to know what the Rotten Tomatoes score was. Um, I haven't seen the movie and I'll probably wait till it comes in streaming because time is just so limited right now. And uh, whatever, maybe I'll get a chance to go, but likely not. Um, but I just wanted to know, I was like, what's how's that movie doing on the, the old tomato meter there? And I, whatever, it was, I don't I think it was like doing okay. Um, but I saw like a couple lines of that movie and they're like this, someone was like, it's so self-indulgent and self-aware or something like that. And, and it has such a negative connotation for something to be self-indulgent. And I, it's, a conf, it's a confusing thing to accuse um, an artist of or a writer of or a filmmaker of being self-indulgent. Like really what are you saying is that they put too much of themselves into it? I'm sorry, that's a, you're saying that's a, a bad thing? <laughs> they, uh, like, like, what do you, what does that really mean? Is it that, like, it was too weird and they didn't do enough kind of work to um, explain to a mass audience, like, what, um, what the story was? Because that's fine, like, you know, classical storytelling three-act structure whatever that's that's great and you can do that or you cannot and that's fine um is that what you mean by self-indulgence though is that you didn't follow the act structure so that generally people were confused by the story um was it art therapy and if it was art therapy is that a bad thing and something that if you were to make something that you found if you made a piece of art and it was cathartic for you, that that was a bad thing and you shouldn't um, take that out into the world and um, expect people and, and take people's money for it because you're putting a gun to their head and making them walk into the fucking theater and watch this thing. And now they're bankrupt and living on the street because they spent $17 on the fucking movie. Um, you know, the self-indulgence thing I think is should be left behind. 
I think that's kind of haunted my fucking ass since I was a kid of like, oh, this art's so self-indulgent. I don't like it. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, that's not a helpful thought for for you as a critic, for me as an artist, and for everyone in between. Uh, I think that really you should probably always be more self-indulgent and find ways to be more self-indulgent when you're making art uh, and writing shit, right? Like, sorry, you want to put less of yourself into it and you want to, um, you know, like cater more to to the audience, like uh, so that they walk away feeling happy. I don't know. Fuck that shit. Don't be an idiot. Fuck that self-intelligent shit. Uh, <laughs> be as self-indulgent as possible. That's what I would want from from someone uh, who who uh, from the artists that I want to read or from any of my friends who like I want to see their work. It's like that's my critic critique. Usually, is like, hey, like, where are you in this? Like, I can see like all of this like cool effects and like weird cinematography or you know fancy looking squiggles but like where are you and uh that's all i really give a shit about so fuck off and uh i don't want to hear it again <laughs> rotten tomatoes <laughs> uh one sentence i briefly glanced at and didn't even click the button of self-indulgence i mean if we're thinking of like, look at the size of this book and there's fucking six of them. Well, I'm talking about Nausgaard here. Like if that's not self-indulgent, like what would be, um, but it's awesome and uh, go nuts. Thank you for uh, um, allowing me to get that off my chest. That's uh, I needed that. So I really appreciate you guys. Truly. It's uh, if you don't have a podcast, honestly, and you, sort of kind of think you maybe one day might want to um have one you should you should really just do it um so you can self-indulge and and your life my life is better when i do this podcast i'm like it's, it's my fucking the best meeting ever um i feel like i it's like oh i got a meeting at you know whatever at 10 o'clock on sunday um, I'm meeting with me and myself <laughs> and, and we're going to talk about some fucking shit and, uh, and it's going to be awesome. And, uh, I love it. I really do. So start a podcast, my friends, just, just do it. Why not? Who cares? You have literally nothing to lose. Just use your cell phone, hit record. It doesn't matter. It's really, it's the best. Here's the first post of the week. Um, it is called Brown Pants. Lately, I felt like owning a pair of dark brown pants. I used to have a pair like that a long time ago. I don't know what happened to them. I must have left them behind somewhere. I don't know why I be became fixated on the idea. This happens sometimes. I get fixated on wanting to own something trivial. Maybe the idea will fade off. Or maybe I'll just have to go out and buy a pair of pants like that. I know how pointless it will be to own another pair of pants. Though maybe they would be good to own if I ever shit myself. Maybe if I wear them while writing, I will be able to finish a novel, a novel at a disturbingly fast pace. Next weekend, my wife said that she wanted to go to Value Village. When we are there, I will look and see if they have any pants, like the ones I am picturing. And if they don't, then I will not own brown pants like that. That is all I can say for now. Oh, that's a real, real classic, isn't it? <laughs> um, we went to Value Village yesterday. We had a great time. We love going there. Um, and, 
you know, Miriam goes off to the chick section and I go and look at all the men's stuff. And one thing I love doing at Value Village, I listen, this is the podcast, one podcast I listen to most every week, the All In podcast. And they talk about technology and business and finance. A lot of what they talk about is over my head. I don't understand, but I like when they argue and, um, and are mean to each other. And, uh, and it's really a good way for me to keep up with a lot of the news. I kind of get most of my news from them now. Um, cause I really don't give a shit about most of the other outlets. I just, I, I just couldn't give a fuck. I'm just so bored by most news things I read, but these guys I like, um, and I love listening to all in podcast and, uh, and shopping at Valley Village. That's like a really, to me, that's like a really enjoyable Saturday afternoon. It's so relaxing. Um, and, uh, Miriam did great. She starts a new job on Monday. Um, and so we tried to find her some, some things she could wear. Um, it's like while being eight months pregnant and being in office. So it was, you know, but we, we did great. We found her all kinds of stuff. So she set up and I, I didn't find any brown pants, but I found this new shirt I'm wearing right now. It's a brown shirt, exactly the color I was looking for with my pants, but I didn't find it. Um, so, you know, that's life, but maybe one day. And uh, it's so, wearing clothes, wearing clothes is such a weird fucking thing. Where I'm like, I get fixated on like certain things. I'm like, oh, like, like I need like this thing to wear. Do you know? You know what I mean? I know some people don't seem to not give a shit. And I think that's so admirable and great, but I'm like a victim to like clothes. Maybe my mom took me shopping too much when I was a kid or something, but, um, uh, like sometimes I'm like, Oh, I want that. I need those pants. I need those, that shirt. And I like sometimes I just obsess over it. It's like a sickness. It's not that bad. I'm like really exaggerating, but, but I do like, I, I watch myself every few months. I'll get like a thing that I'm like, I really want that. Um, but anyway, I'm like, for some reason, got in my head that I need these fucking, that I need pants. I need these brown pants. And one day I'll get them and I'll wear them with this shirt and it'll match just right. I'll be so, I'll feel like, all right, don't I look great? <laughs> Literally looking like a piece of shit. Um, we're crazy. I know. What is it? really what is it but it's kind of like i don't know if you ever like do any painting um it's like now i I want this color and then i want this color there's no like logic to it it's just the way you kind of combine stuff and it's like impossible to explain but it's meaningful and and it's just a part of uh the world we live in but it's so weird And, and and there's so much like uh, it's easy to be ashamed of like your uh, wanting to go sh- going shopping and wanting to go shopping or needing a new when you go shopping it's just you know what I mean there's just so much neuroses and fucked upness around it anyway let's go to the next one considering salami oh yes good Oh, I forgot. I wanted to do the, um, I wanted to do the thing. I wanted to make a weird sound effect, whatever. I'll do it next week. I don't want to, I don't lag too much, but there's some star, star, stars in, uh, in this post. And, uh, if you, if you listened last week, I was, had the idea that whenever there's a star, 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 I would have a sound effect. Um, and I have this little keyboard here. You can't see it, but it's like literally just off camera. Um, and I use that for making my YouTube background music things. And I wanted to set it up so that I could, when I, when there's a star, 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 I would push the button and it would make like a, a weird sound. Um, it's so stupid. It's so fucking dumb. But anyway, maybe I'll remember to set that up one day. And, um, and you'll be very happy. You'll be so, you'll think it's so good. You'll be like, 
you know, I thought that was a good post, but now that I've heard it with the sound effects, like that, that was like really good. Like that, like, I don't think I'm, I'm, that changed my life. I'm a different guy now. Considering salami. We bought a thing of kosher salami that I'm excited. Sorry, spelling mistake. Excited. There we go. Let me try that again. We bought a thing of kosher salami that I'm excited about eating in the coming days. Perhaps I'll have a salami sandwich or have it for breakfast with some eggs. Miriam wants to have it on a bagel on the weekend. My mother-in-law already had a few slices while she was watching TV. I will see if my cat wants to try some, and maybe we will give a bite to the dogs too. Sometimes I get hungry before bed, and if I do, I will go down to the fridge and slice off a piece. We are making pizza tomorrow night for dinner, and I even suggested we make one with salami on it. While I was writing this, I have been watching my cat. He spent 20 minutes trying to get his feather toy from under the closet door, and finally, and he finally got it. Now, he is dragging it around and kicking it and biting it. He worked very hard, and now he is enjoying the fruits of his labor. Without the hunt, he is miserable. I did the math, and I think it took me 10 minutes of work to get the salami. But that doesn't account for the time it took me to park the car, find the salami in the store, pay for it, and drive home. So, it seems that we earn similarly, me and my cat. It evens out in the end. That's fun. Um, it seems like I'm... There's a, the theme two days in a row was things Miriam wants to do on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a big deal because she, you know, she finished her second year of law school on Friday. It's fucking crazy that that she did that. I'm so proud of her. It's really like, you know, like ah, fuck. Um, it to think of where it started. And how much of like, Kate, I want, she wanted to do this thing, which she, we were once in LA. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going on a, a, an emotional tangent right now, but we were in LA once and I was visiting her there and we were just like talking. I don't know what we were talking about, but she said, uh, when I'm 40, I'm going to go to law school. It's kind of a joke, but I could, but it was also serious. It was like, I think she was like scared to fully admit it because it felt like such a big big dream you know um but still she said that i don't think she was like it was you know you could tell and then didn't really talk about it much whatever it's just a thing it's fine and then during the, the pandemic it was like hell this time right and she's doing all these puzzles and i don't remember like how it came kind of she was obsessed with puzzles and I remember exactly what what happened, but it was like we took the instead of putting a puzzle down on the table, we gave her the LSAT prep book, and uh, it was just like the same energy that went into solving those little puzzles she was doing, um, went into understanding how to do this other puzzle, which was the LSAT, and uh, she had a lot of ideas that she wasn't quite smart enough you know um not like crippling self-doubt by any means like she's really confident uh, more than me i think pretty all around um but uh but you could see like where her self-doubts were and uh but she still went for it she did it she signed up for picked a few schools uh well, no, she, I don't remember how exactly. It doesn't matter, but I think you apply for the schools after you do the LSAT or maybe before, depending on what the scores were. I don't remember exactly. It all kind of happens at the same time. She's like, I won't get in to these ones, but, you know, it's the schools close by and I'll, I'll, I'll apply there. And then we started getting back the results. She did well on the LSAT. She really did. Um, like despite 
what she thought of her own intelligence, she still scored. Uh, she scored really well. Um, it just goes to show, like you don't really your self doubt is like not intelligent. <laughs> you don't really know. Um, you're not as smart as you as you think. You're you're in a way smarter and in a way dumber. <laughs> um, your your self perception, like uh, everyone's different. Whatever. Some people have like actually think they're the fucking best and they're wrong, and other people think they're a piece of shit and they're wrong. Whatever you think you are, you're probably not that. And uh, anyway, she she got into a great school, um, and two years have already passed, and she's like well into it. And she's got a, an awesome job that she'll start on Monday, and uh, it's just like. It's amazing to see to see her do to do that and and I'm really proud of her. <laughs> Miriam wants to have a salami on a bagel this weekend. <laughs> that's that's the point of the story. And we had and that was a big celebratory sandwich was we made these um these kind of egg cheese avocado um salami sandwiches. They, they, we, that we saw them on the menu at this place called Primrose Bagels in here in Toronto. And uh, it was called a light lunch, a salami bagel sandwich. And um, we're like, why is it the light lunch? And then we were eating and I was like, this really reminds me of Walensky's sandwiches in Montreal, if you've ever been there. It's like this old restaurant um, and they make these like fried I think that's like a mix. It's like bologna or salami sandwich, whatever, fried meat on a bun with like cheese, and that's it. And I was like, it's like reminds me of that. And then I, I looked it up. I was like looking at their menu on my phone when we were eating. I was like, oh, it's the place is called Walensky's Light Lunch. So Primrose was copying those Walensky sandwiches, and um, and then uh, well, I just had to. I got to say one more thing. um and that's what we were that's why it was called it's called the light lunch bagel even though it's like the most heavy thing on the on their menu um and here's what i remembered as i said that the when i quit doing drugs and smoking and drinking when i got sober the last meal i ate was at walensky's in montreal and um fucking hey this is this is like a little coincidental in a way that you know will seem pretty flaky um but but please indulge me for for a moment so um so i got strep throat like i've been trying i was trying to get sober for like a whole year when i was 27 um and now i'm 35 so it was eight years ago and i could i was like i really couldn't do it for months um but i was like sick like every day you know i'd wake up and i smoked a lot and i drank a lot and i smoked a lot of weed and it was always something else and it kind of all stemmed potentially from the amphetamines that uh i was i was uh prescribed when i was a kid when i was diagnosed with adhd so it was like being on those meds all the time and how that kind of all spiraled out into um into high school and and outside of high school and just like the need to be high all the time and constantly taking in shit um was was too much to bear and uh and i could i started having this weird feeling in my chest when i woke up every day and it wasn't it was like it was like i could only breathe like halfway it was like a pain i was like I don't know. I was like, it's just like, fuck, I need, this is bad. Like, this seems like something's really fucked up. And, uh, it seemed clear that it was like from all of the smoking. And I was like, and then I couldn't stop smoking. It was like, felt like it was, it was consistent. So I was like desperate, but I still couldn't quit. Anyway, I got, I went to Montreal and, uh, and, um, 
I was, I, we were just eating those Polensky sandwiches. It was, it was all great. And on the way home, I had strep throat when I was on the train home. I was like, fuck. And, it, and when I had strep throat, I was like, I'm going to use this because I literally couldn't smoke anymore. And it was so sick. I could kind of not. And, um, and so I used that as like a springboard to stop. So I spent like two weeks on the couch and I just like was fucked. Uh, and I just remember being like literally face first on my couch and one of my friends came over. I couldn't even like talk to him. Like I was like incapacitated. And then, you know, my life basically fell apart from there until I figured things out again. Um, but that was April 20th. It was also 420, which I thought was funny. I was like, and, I'll, and it's 420 and I'll quit on 420. It's perfect. There's like the irony there just was enough to keep it going. And so today's April 23rd. So my eight year anniversary of being sober was three days ago. And Walensky sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> the celebratory meal that that returned. Uh, that was my reward too. Anyway, um, thank you for, for indulging me in that story. I could probably keep going with all the sobriety stuff and, and what that all was, but um, maybe another time because like, holy shit, we're 47 minutes in and I've only read two posts. <laughs> it's just gonna, I'm going way into overtime today. Things in the world. There are many things in the world, and I suppose I do not care about a lot of them. It is a luxury not having to care. It is a luxury to get to choose what you care about. I care about watching HBO, writing, and my wife and cat, and my daughter who my wife is carrying. As I'm writing this, I think they are doing yoga in the other room. We will watch HBO soon, after I brush my teeth and shut down my computer for the night. In the morning, I will write again. I will go for a walk, make some money from teaching some things to film students. I will put that money in the bank, and for the most part, we will spend it on food and baby stuff. There are many things in the world, and as you can see, my world is very small. I think I'm suited for that. I'm going to change it to, I think I'm well suited for that. For some reason I want that in there. So I won't go too far into the down the path here, but I guess following the train of thought, the one of the ways I feel like I got one of the tools I used to get sober was quitting um the world of advertising in favor of film. I was like, if I'm gonna quit doing drugs and drinking, I'm not gonna be able to do this advertising shit anymore. Which I you know, hated, I hate, it's a strong word, but which I struggled with, um, because I really, it wasn't what I wanted to, it wasn't the writing I wanted to do, it just felt so fucked to me, some people can do it, it's great, but I, for me, I got a, I can't, I have a really hard time, um, acting in writing, meaning, it's like, here's the marketing message, now you basically have to play a character that explains that, um, that the, communicates that marketing message. And I'm just like, uh, I can't do it. I just don't have what it takes. I really care about story, narrative, etc. And so I was like, there would be on a bunch of commercials and shit. Um, and I saw these crew guys and I was like, I want to learn what that's about. Those, that's how those guys probably making feature films. Like that's like real stories, right? And maybe I could make a living there. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'll quit the advertising industry. I'll try to get into the film industry and I'll be sober. And that'll be kind of a new, almost like that'll replace all the chemical dependencies. I'll go in, in film. And uh, and I did. And um, kind of gone f a bit full circle. And now I'm teaching at, at the film school and and making money. And it's it's great. And I have time to write. And... You know, there's a lot of really good things um, 
things turned out um, in a lot of ways for me at this moment. Um, so, yeah, a lot, lot to be thankful for. And uh, I think there's versions of myself that if my if 15 years ago I saw where I was at, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. You did all right. I've been looking at the computer screen. I've been looking at the computer screen for many, many hours today. It happens most days of my life, but somehow in this moment, my eyes feel like they have become screens themselves. It seems as they are emitting their own brightness. This does not happen after a day of reading or writing in a notebook. Tomorrow, I'll spend some time with my notebook and an actual book. Hopefully, it is cloudy so my eyes can rest. I wonder if eyeballs are made out of lightning bolts or if they are the same as stars. It is all just different kinds of light. I don't actually wonder that. I guess I'm just thinking about it in a weird way, not to be clever or odd, but because it is enjoyable to do so. Um, it was, I was, tr this one, I remember I was kind of struggling. I was like, we're super burnt out. Like my, I felt like my fucking head was like a giant light bulb. And I was like, I can't even look at the screen to write this right now. But I, what was interesting about it, and I think there'd be a better execution of this idea done differently, but, um, um, going about to go off into like an abstract metaphor but then catching myself and be like, stay in reality. Um, and then, but then being like, look, it would have been fun to make the, to do the cartoon, but I don't really, but I didn't, excuse me. Um, and you know, if you listen to the show, even a few months ago, it's probably all just like lightning bolts and eyeballs and just all this kind of abstract cartoon stuff, which is great, but uh, lately, I just haven't been as interested in that. Um, and um, you got to get it out of your system. Maybe you never get it out of your system. And that's that's great. Honestly, I don't give a fuck. But it seems like for me, like, it was like a lot of like, a lot of the abstract kind of um, and like heavily designed um um writing was, was hiding myself right um hiding behind it and trying to like not really say exactly what not being unable to say things as clearly as possible different different genres obviously but it seemed like i got through so much of that that it seemed it lost meaning in a way and it just naturally saying just kind of not being afraid to say things in like a boring way uh, as a lot of the poems this week have been i'm just like oh i want to get brown pants i want to eat a sandwich <laughs> um but i was really scared to to talk about myself so clearly for a long time and uh maybe out of fear of being self-indulgent and what the kind of con negative connotations i felt like were about that that we're attached to that, but I'm pretty happy with, with, um, the way I've been working lately and, uh, it's good. But when it comes to the YouTube videos, I can see the same process where it's like trying to like work off all of the weird design effects and just bullshit to just get to like the, the core of like, look, this is what's going on. This is what I think. Um, I'm not, I don't need to impress you. Um, but I want to be, I want to be authentic. I want to tell you what's actually going on and, and all this kind of stuff. So you got to kind of burn off, render off all of that, uh, a lot of the design and a lot of the, the frills and the, um, the decorative elements, um, in order to really get to the point. I feel like that's, that's the kind of thing that I've always wanted to make. Uh, and I understand that's not what a lot of people are interested in. Well, some people are not interested in. Some people are, but 
um, you know, whatever. I also like, it's like, you know, if you're a guitar player, there's like just playing the acoustic guitar. And then there's like just playing the pedal board and all the effects. The truth is I love both of them going back and forth from the extremes and everything in between. So I'm, it's both. It's it's fucking Nows Guard and it's the expectant father. You know, we wanna work on both ends of, of the spectrum and, and constantly be kind of changing around. Let us read the next one. A cup holds water. I'm feeling slightly like there's wet concrete in the front of my brain. I'm still thinking about form and what it means. There are different form genres. If something needs to be watched in one hour or contained to a frameable square, if there must be groups of two short lines that fill roughly a page, if it must be a two or three minute song, I can see what Nausgaard was saying about how important it is. A cup holds water. A house keeps us dry from the rain. My brain now feels like it is a baked potato wrapped in tinfoil. I think I will go downstairs and get an apple. That has been my favorite snack lately. Um, I read this, his idea on form, I think last week, maybe it was the week before I read him. I read a quote from last week and the week before, I think it was last week's quote. And it just, I read it on the, the, the podcast here and I talked about it. Um, but uh, I didn't, it stayed, I was still thinking about it throughout the week. Form, like really, like what? what is form? And it's so obvious. Um, but I feel like I just understand it on a deeper level um, or realized it, what it is on a deeper level um, more recently. And, um, and it's really like, I think I spent a lot of years, I think I spent like all of my twenties trying to like break form, you know, trying to understand it. And maybe only recently, and I'm in my mid thirties, so, you know, it's not exactly my, only my twenties, but, uh, let's say I, if I want to make it a decade, probably from 25 to 35 or so, I was trying to break form, um, be like, okay, a piece of music I would make was like, okay, here's a two minute piece of music. But what happens if I made a 30 minute piece of music? Um, here's a novel. Uh, but what happens if I chop it up into little pieces and distribute it in odd ways on the internet or, you know, whatever, always trying to break the form and, and that's fine and it's necessary and good. But I think in doing that, I was avoiding the fact that like, look, the form is the form. Like, a movie is like a 90 minute to two hour thing and it tells a story and that's it. Like, don't like get over it. Like just make a movie or don't. But I guess like abiding to the rules of, of what these games are seemed really, uh, I really was, uh, took me a long time to kind of find a way with it. And I feel like only more recently I'm like, having enjoying it more like look a poem is just a poem it's a page there's like a pattern of the lines maybe a rhyme scheme i don't really do rhyme schemes but i'll do i seem to generally write everything in in twos you know uh, a short film it's a short movie make a short film don't worry about accept the form it's fine it's great have fun with it the form of a novel has been really confusing for me the last few, for a long time, forever. I feel like I wrote my first novel and it was like, cool, I filled up 200 pages. And then I was like, but I don't really know anything about it. And then I spent a whole lifetime, just a whole lifetime. I spent many years trying to see it from all these different angles and reinvent it and whatever, only to return and like, look, it actually is only 200 pages. It's just 200 pages. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, like, just fill up 200 pages and then he got 200 pages and the rest is the rest if it's good if it's bad if you hated it if you loved it 
if it's a poem, it's like a page, maybe it's 10 pages. If it's that kind of poem, like just pick the form, accomplish it and walk away and do it again. Um, but form over form as kind of a bedrock as to the workflow, um, seems very helpful to me right now, especially as I kind of, am, um, feel like I'm learning so much from, from Nazgard's work, um, these past few weeks. So that was a cup holds water. The last one of this week, it's called We're Good. As I walked into the street today, I saw a guy who thinks I'm a bastard. I said hello to him as I've done before, but he cannot bring himself to say hello back. It causes him too much pain to say hello. I suppose he isn't the only guy who would feel unable to say hello to me. If they saw me in the street, I think at this point, it is better to accept it and move on than to wonder about it. The qualms are minor in the grand scheme. I would be fine to talk these things out, but I don't think that is what people always want. If you don't resolve the conflict, you can keep it. It can be yours forever. It will never abandon you. Not like in the way that I did. These fucking pussies, get a life. I don't need to be someone that everyone likes. I'm thinking of the people that think I'm a piece of shit. I'm imagining them hanging out. Maybe if I came by, they would say, Okay, man, you can hang out with us. Here's a Diet Coke. We're good. Uh, let me, I, I need to read that again. I know I'm, I'm over the, uh, the mark here, but, um, but that's fine. Um, as I walked into the street today, I saw a guy who thinks I'm a bastard. I said hello to him, as I've done before, but he could not bring him it's a kind of an ongoing thing so i wrote but he cannot because i keep seeing this guy and saying like hey and he's like he just looks away this is like something i'm dealing with right now and he like this guy hates me uh and there's other guys there's guys who hate me man <laughs> like that's part of life i don't know about you but like it's kind of a list of people who hate you and it is what it is I've been talking a lot about sobriety this week. Um, and uh, I feel like I had, I only started making this like real list of enemies, I guess. People that didn't like me anymore once I got sober, which was confusing. But now that it's been as many years as it has, I'm like, well, I used to use a lot of the drugs to kind of change my personality in order to please these people so that they would like me and I wasn't as much myself. And then once you shed all of the chemical dependencies and the booze and the weed and whatever fucking other bullshit you were doing, uh, and even smoking, like you can really like dumb down your personality and, you know, be who people want you to be, who you think they want you to be when you have those tools. But when you don't, it's like, you can't really, hide from who you are and then that doesn't work you can't be everyone's friend people are not gonna like you if you're yourself and uh i lost a lot of friends when i got sober it was fucking weird and i didn't understand it for a long time i was like why why am i losing all my friends i was like oh because you got sober dude and you changed and they're like what the fuck um so it's something i never fully bounced back from but the friends who I did, who stayed, who I stayed friends with, who were able to kind of make it through that time. It's like, you see, like, those are, you know, those are the most authentic friendships. So there's less of them, but they're, they're not fucked up, you know? So I appreciate that. And you also learn that sometimes, you know, you have your best friends when you were a little kid and you're like, oh, we're going to be, we're best friends. <laughs> We're going to stay buddies forever because we're best friends. We're best, capital B, best friends. That's my best friend. He's the guy. He's the best one. <laughs> but it's like, nah, you guys had a fight and he's never going to fucking talk to you again. Or he's you're going to he's going to piss you off and you're going to be like, fuck that guy. I don't like you anymore. This happens, my friends. They should teach that in the fucking elementary school. It should do a unit of like, listen, it's great you're making friends, but 
sometimes you're going to hate each other and that's okay. You don't have to fucking get along. Just, you know, your, your best buddy is not always going to be your best buddy and you're going to need a new one. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. So anyway, this guy hates me. It causes him too much pain to say hello. I suppose he isn't the only guy who would feel unable to say hello to me if they saw me in the street. So the tense, there's something weird about the tenses here. I'm like, clearly it's not the best. I think at this point, it's better to accept and move on than to wonder about it. The qualms are minor in the grand scheme. And and that's what I'm crit- critical of this guy. Of like, dude, what you're angry at me for, like, get better problems. Like, our qualm is like, like, I don't understand how that affected you so badly. And if you want to talk about it, we can get over this. This is like an would be an easy thing to mediate, but clearly you need this anger, motherfucker. <laughs> or I'm just so fucking, you know, oblivious to my actions and how they affect people that, like, I'm just a motherfucker and he's right. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, be nice. At the end of the day, though, I mean, fuck, I wish I I wish I didn't have any enemies. I wish everyone liked me, obviously. Um, but it's not the reality. So maybe one day we'll resolve that and I'll get a resolve. Um, you know, some of my old friendships that I lost track of. I would love that. Um, but today isn't that day. So a little bit over time, but that's all right. Um, thank you for being here this week and, um, sincerely, I hope, um, I hope things are going well for everyone. Um, I hope that you're able to carve out the time you need to, um, do your, to do what you need to do for yourself and be so self-indulgent in your projects that it makes people sick. I hope that your the art you make this week is so self-indulgent that when you show it to someone, they literally become physically ill and projectile vomit all over their fucking clothes and, and all over your work. And there's no spot remover out there that can fix it. And... And that's what you did because you're such a self-indulgent piece of shit. And I love you for that. Thank you. And we'll see you again next week.